Well, it's 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 been a minute. Um, yeah, it's been since, a moment since we've recorded this. You know, uh, Ethan got cr- back from his trip. I got back from my journey across the. You know, the stacked seven seas. was stack, stacked was conquering the east uh, this summer. You know, uh, Chris is still there uh, holding down the fort, and I was there uh, in Japan. Um, but now we're back uh, to stacked episode one fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, a very special episode, Brandon. I'm gonna let yes. you take it over from here. Yeah, for a very, very special episode. Uh, joining us today is my father, Sean Winchester. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's special Welcome. because today is his birthday. Yes, happy yes. birthday, Sean! Happy birthday! Thank you, thank you, guys. Is this is this what you wanted uh, for your birthday? <laughs> was to come talk movies with some. Just some guys, you know. Could be some other, could be something else, but you know, this is, you know, <laughs> this is fine. He said it's not. You get to see, you get to see your son on your birthday. That isn't that yeah. just like, even if he's on a tiny screen, you know, in front of you, you know, you get to have, yeah. sit down it's and not have some that heart, small. Heart. He doesn't have that small of a screen. He's got like three panels set up, man. You take my dad. You take my dad for a peasant? No. <laughs> I have a a widescreen thirty six inch widescreen so i can see you guys pretty good good at at my age you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) well brandon because your father's on what what Mm -hmm. are we talking about today what are we doing uh well why are we here actually a few weeks ago my dad came to me and he's like oh stack's going on hiatus i noticed you guys haven't posted uh and it was basically his idea to have a father-son movie episode and an episode right. like he had came up with two episode ideas i don't know if we'll do the second one but it is a possibility and so that's gonna that's just a little teaser for my our stackies out there our little stackies <laughs> uh <laughs> but uh i it, i mean father son movies i mean how perfect is it that it just landed on my dad's birthday that we could record this this episode yeah that's great um sean i want to know in your uh your fatherly opinion what makes a father-son movie you know for me uh when i was thinking about that uh primarily i look at it from the perspective of usually how do you see dads and sons portrayed on screen and there are a lot of specific films that really cover the gamut right from conflict to general relationship based on how old your son is and how you how you work through your issues and that kind of thing um and what's kind of interesting when i was thinking about this is before i even had kids i watched these films but i think what i was looking at it from was the perspective of my relationship with my dad and so when i'd see some things it kind of made me think that you know if I'm going to be a dad at some point in my life. How would I change relationship with my kids, you know, and uh, how could I be the best dad I could be? So uh, Brandon has told me in the past when we've talked, he thinks that, you know, film can have a change. Film can make a change in people. And I really think that is true in that if you watch film uh, where you see these relationships, you can actually see these dynamics occur, you know, 
And so uh, you have an opportunity to kind of look at that and say, do I, do I look at those things and should I, you know, try not to do those things, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, just to, just to be the best, you know, uh, father you can be. So, so from my perspective, it's all about those relationships you see on screen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like the, the bit where like, you know, uh, I feel like in father son movies, like, uh, there's a lot that both the father and the son, like sort of learn from each other in these films, you know, uh, you know, usually it's always like, uh, I think there's like a stigma of like, uh, you know, the father is the teacher, you know, but sometimes, you know, films show that it's like, no, we're all, we're all human. You know, we're, we all have things to teach each other. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we're going to get to some films right there. Brandon, uh, do you want to start off with a father son movie that we could talk about and sort of like why it is a pinnacle father son movie for you? Honestly? Yes. Um, should I go back to childhood? I think I shall. Um, let's take the it back, first, shall we? Let's take it back. Uh, I was thinking Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Uh, being okay. a really interesting example of a father and son movie. Because often when we're talking about the Star Wars franchise, it, it is centered around um, the this father-son dynamic between uh, Luke and Anakin Skywalker. And one of the most interesting aspects is that relationship between them and their like how they parallel and differ in their worldviews. And it is really a tragedy in that sense, but it also is like a redemption story, the way it ends. And it's what brings Vader back to the light a little bit and back to his senses. And And I think that's a really compelling thing. I remember watching this as a kid and kind of being bored by the whole uh, Luke and Vader, like talking on Endor in the like space, not the space station, but that starport area. But as an adult, like that is like just really compelling because it's like, he's giving himself up. He's being vulnerable enough to talk to this very broken man inside of his dad, you know? Um, And also it's like conveying like the two differing like paths that a father and son can go on and how in the end there is still hope that they like reach the same uh, agreement at some point. Yeah. That was that that was my first pick because it just comes back from childhood, you know? Yeah, it, like so Sean, did you ever see yourself in a Darth Vader role with Brandon? As, <laughs> this, I guess this was very relatable for his childhood. Let's, no, no, not relatable. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Sean, what do you think about Return of the Jedi? You, I mean uh, it must have been crazy. Like, did you see it in theaters yeah, when it came out? I, oh. I did see it in theaters, which Man. is really crazy. Um, that is so crazy. And seeing the very first one in theaters when I was nine, whoa, was was amazing. It, it was the first big kind of what was going to be a blockbuster that nobody knew about. Right, uh, it, it was amazing. So, um, yeah, uh, for me as a kid, seeing the second one and then you know, I am your father. You know, it's like blew my mind. So, yeah, <laughs> you know that was <laughs> unexpected, and I, I think. Uh, you know, it was very, it was very different because you look at that and it's like he's like on a whole different path, divergent from where Luke has been, mm-hmm. and and you can see that Luke is struggling uh, with with the concept of that, but also that his anger is ridiculous and could lead him in the same path. So he mm-hmm. really has to work it 
So I, I do find that pretty interesting. I don't know that I, f I would say that I felt like Darth Vader at any time. Any time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I bet not. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> unless Brandon remembers a certain time frame. <laughs> no, I. Unless did you ever like throw off like an old man off a ledge who was like electrocuting Brandon or something? You know, it's a <laughs> sacrificial act. No, he <laughs> offered. He offered to like rule the galaxy with me, but that was the yeah, right. that was a different uh. thing. <laughs> You're like, no, Dad, I got homework. I can't. <laughs> All right. That's good. Good first pick. I mean, that is an iconic father-son duo. I feel like we couldn't really, you know, talk about father-son movies without going with them. Um, so, Sean, give us a mm -hmm. give us a perfect father-son movie in your opinion. So this one, I don't, I doubt you guys have seen this because this was in 1986. Um, it was a movie called Dad. And, oh, uh, Ted Danson. Ted Danson, Jack Lemmon, and Ethan Hawke. Oh, uh, my name's Ethan, sick. Love the guy. Ethan, Ethan Hawke is like maybe 16, 17, 18 in this film. Um, anyway, uh, it, it's really interesting because obviously there's a relationship between three people here, right? You have the, the, the father and then the son and the, the grandson. And it's really about them kind of all being estranged uh, because when the son leaves his father to go off, he's, he's become a big businessman. And his father was a guy who worked for like Lockheed Martin. He was, he was what he called, he calls himself a worker in the film mm -hmm. and his son's like an executive. Right. And, uh, but they are estranged because the guy goes off to pursue his career. Well, at the time he does that, he actually gets divorced and of course now he's separated from his own son. Mm. Okay. So there's this, there's a lot of drama here, but I think what's the most interesting is that the movie actually starts out where this, the, the son comes back to visit his father because his mother had a heart attack mm -hmm. and the father is very incapable of taking care of himself. He's like in his seventies. Um, and he sees his dad in a whole different light, in a more weak perspective, like time is, is, is ticking away and he's just not able to care for himself as well. Mm. Um, and in this process, he begins to take a different look at life in terms of what's going on with his dad, mm. right? He's missed a lot of time, basically. Yeah. And, he, and, um, and so there's a lot of, things going on about him learning about his father and trying to get him out of this situation he's in where he seems so weak and not able to do things when really his father's or his, his mother's been taking care of his father, like doing everything for him, like everything, washing his clothes, cooking food, everything, you know? Yeah. And it's not that his father was incapable, but he has been so used to being taken care of, I think. But, uh, it's been it was very interesting and of course there's lots of twists and turns on this which then comes back to reconciliation and mm -hmm. a reconciliation for all three and uh you know without spoiling it you know yeah <laughs> the reconciliation <laughs> is it, it it you know events happen that that lead to this so it's just uh a really good movie for that and um I usually don't get emotional during movies, but this one particularly was super emotional. 
Uh, and I think sounds like it. Well, yeah. And I think as far as like, uh, um, I think about my own dad and the, you know, kind of our experience, there were some things that mirrored that experience. So when, when that happens, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of an emotional thing. So. Absolutely. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen this one, but I love all three actors. Uh, Jack Lemon is an old man. That's kind of crazy to me because uh, yeah. I've only seen him in like, you know, the apartment. He looks like, and, like he's uh, like Statler like and Waldorf. Yeah, he kind of does. He's kind of he's been kind of muppet coated in this film. Um, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but no, that that is like such a fascinating uh, sort of just element of the human condition to to depict when you're showing, uh, you know, someone's father who is now sort of facing their own mortality and age, and as like the son of this person, you've sort of looked up to. This person as like the, your father, the you know, strongest, the, per, the strong, the strongest, you know, like yeah. in this patriarchal society, sort of like we've we have the idea that the father, you know, he's the ultimate caretaker, you know, the provider, um, the strongest one in the family. But now and then, once we see, you know, age get the best of your father, as they do with all of us, you know, it's sort of a surreal experience, you know. Um, I know I I've. You know, I've somewhat experienced that, but I know my father has too, you know, with his, uh, with his father. It's just, it's just a part of life, you know? Um, and I mean, this film sounds great. Um, sort of having sort of a three generation approach from it is also really cool. Um, I added it to the watch list, you know, I, I'm, it was on Netflix like, uh, six months ago. Oh, really? And I really wanted to watch it, but I just never got around to it. And they took it off Netflix, so yeah. just goes can, to show. You can rent it now. You can, you can rent it on Vudu or Amazon. Yeah, so, absolutely. Go. Gotta see it, Brandon. What do you think? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it sounds like very grounded, not melodramatic, but very dramatic in what it's examining, and it, it realistic. Uh, because, like you said, like. You, you view your father in a certain way depending on like what kind of stages of life you've lived in and or I feel like a teenager is going to look at their father differently than somebody who's a young adult an adult or as an elderly man looking back on your own father after like aging you know yeah. so there there is that that perspective and that multi-generational like not I it's not necessarily a diaspora but um that multi-generational like sort of perspective can lend to a lot of different nuance between like, okay, how am I viewing like my own self through the prism of this, this very natural concept, which is being a dad, mm -hmm. being a paternal figure to somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, okay. I'll share my first pick. Um, my first little recommendation. So the, the way I sort of structured my picks is sort of like, um, relationships between fathers and sons in stages of their life. So my first one is like uh, sort of a father with a young son, you know, and uh, I just daddy. watched this. It's big daddy. No, daddy daycare is my first one. No. Um, <laughs> uh, my first pick is Kramer versus Kramer, actually. Oh, um, good. Which good is, choice. I think, you know, I just, uh, you know, I'm going through all the best picture winners right now, uh, going over to the library of Brandon Winchester and checking out my, movies watch any a decade a month um so in june i i think i think it was june i watched kramer versus kramer um yeah it but, was right before you went to japan right um and i was i was more uh expecting 
um, sort of, you know, it's a divorce film, you know, um, you know, Tori's been on the podcast. She's talked a lot about how much she loves this film, um, on our divorce movies episode. So I was sort of expecting sort of that to be the main driving plot line of that film, you know? Um, but what it really is, is, you know, um, Dustin Hoffman's character, uh, you know, having to step up as a, just as a single father. And that's most of the movie, you know, is him learning to like balance work life and taking care of his son and sort of just just capturing the most mundane things you know that pe- you don't really think about um you know if you're not a parent you know like the the morning routine you know he struggles getting re- like doing the morning routine making breakfast and everything like that uh you know pickups going to the playground um having to have hard talks with your kid at a very young age you know that is an absolute skill you have to like learn as a parent, you know? Um, and I just think this is like such, um, just such a nice, uh, emotional yet mundane film, you know, that, uh, once Meryl Streep's character leaves in the being of the film, like you, you feel that there's like, you feel her presence in every, like in every scene, even though she's not there, because it is basically telling you, like, you know, as I said, as a patriarchal society, sort of, uh, we're, we don't really expect the father to like, to take care this much, you know, because, um, you know, there, there is, there's a partner to help, you know, but, uh, when they're alone, we're sort of, we have to like take in everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he loses his patience sometimes, you know, they show that, yeah, parenting's an overwhelming task, you know, especially just for one person. Um, and I just, I, I found it beautiful and it just makes the ending all the more tragic, you know, once Meryl Streep comes back and like, they sort of just have to like figure out what's going to happen next, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, fantastic film. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? You know, I don't think a lot of people realize, like, or not realize, but I don't think a lot of people recognize the possibility of an absentee mother figure. Right. Because often in po- popular culture, it's it's definitely the man that is more so leaving because they're less attached to the child. There's less of that physical responsibility, even though the man is, like, as equally involved in the process of making a child. Yeah. Uh, and... In that case, I think Kramer versus Kramer does like a really good job at like portraying that and giving the giving the audience like a viewpoint into what it's like to be a single father who's like completely out of their depth. Because you see this on, in movies all the time with movies where like a mom goes on vacation. Like think recently, like Incredibles two even, where uh, Elastigirl picks up like a lot more of the the superhero duties, and then Bob is stuck at home raising his kids math is math yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and it like that that aspect is a little stereotypical but it's not really taken seriously it's often played for comedy right whereas here it's like almost incredibly stressful in a way that isn't played for comedy and is more so like developing dustin hoffman as a more functional human being and father beyond the fact of he has to support not only himself uh, through his work, but also now do the stuff that, it, again, in a patriarchal society, more so is done by the matriarch of the family. 
Right. And that is super interesting. And it's very progressive, actually. And I really respect that because my dad was basically a stay at home dad. Uh, uh, my and so I not that my parents are unhappy. They're very happy people. Uh, Way to speak for them. <laughs> it's, it's right Sean, here. are you happy? Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm very happy. Yeah. There we go. All um, right. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. I love that movie. By the way, I think it was really good. the The biggest thing for me that that shows is in a patriarchal society like this, mm. there's always been this idea that being a a mom at or, home yeah. is not a job. Right. It is a job. <laughs> oh yeah. And and being uh, actually choosing to stay home with my kids was just purely financial. Uh, at the time, it was like we could, uh, my wife and I could both work and one of our salaries would go to daycare. That was basically the deal. So we decided we'd rather raise our kids, one of us being home, uh, and and basically have a say in just how they grow up. And, yeah. um, and she had the job that didn't require, you know, 70 hours a week of work. And so I started my own little company and just kind of did work as I could. But the focus was on the kids. Now, part of this also comes from making a choice as a father to be the father you want to be. Mm -hmm. And so from that perspective, uh, it was a change for me from my history with my dad that I really wanted to be involved with my kids. So it kind of served a couple of different purposes. And um, and yeah, I got to learn all the stuff that mom would do. Right. And. <laughs> It is not easy, by the way, uh, to oh, learn yeah. how to do uh, girls' dance hair, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, since Cassie was involved with uh, ballet and all that, you know, she'd have to be prepped for every practice. So I learned how to do dance buns and things like that. And I'm like, it must have been the weirdest thing for these moms to walk in and see a dad doing all this hair stuff and you know, whatever but uh but it, it was easier with the boy of course oh yeah you can be my baseball coach yeah, we could do, have a catch we can coach yeah we can coach and we can uh you know do the the stuff at the school right i volunteered at the school and did the you know, computer club and stuff like that so uh, you know it put me in a whole different perspective you know so right and I'm sure you learned so much to like about yourself, you know, oh, and yeah. your own limit stuff. Cause I think that's what I love the most about Kramer versus Kramer is like we, because, you know, uh, Dustin Hoffman's character has to, you know, go through this and take up this responsibility for himself. He sort of has to like put his own life in perspective, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's an admiring thing to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so stacked. We we endorse the stay at home dads. That's that's gonna be our that's our slogan. Yeah. Get the, I think it gets the official slap it approval. on the screen. Don't actually. Don't have to do this. <laughs> All right, but yeah, great movie. Brandon, you want to kick us off yeah. with another one? Yeah, uh, I I was gonna talk about something that we don't really get to see a lot in movies. Or I think in terms of father and son movies, sometimes the father and son don't have like a really good relationship or don't have a relationship at all. Yeah. So let's give a let's give a shout out to all the surrogate fathers out there. Oh, you know, yeah. You go. People who are, act more as a parental figure. Uh, 
And my mind, and it, I wouldn't say the whole movie is focused on this paternal relationship, uh, but it is definitely a main aspect of its second half. And I'm going to go with uh, Bruce Willis and Sham Tchaikovsky. Uh, I forget his name, but he's famous on Twitter. Jared Gilman, I think. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, that relationship Whoa. between me. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, because in this movie, the first half is this kid runs away from home because his parents are always fighting. He feels insignificant. Same go. And, uh, you know, I think they don't really want him. And I may they might have passed away. It's It's been a while since I've seen it. But I remember this aspect of the movie because he runs away from home and he finds himself more connected to uh, this this young girl at the summer camp that he is living across essentially and when his parents pass away he is like almost threatened with this idea of leaving uh, childhood too soon because he doesn't have a strong figure in his life and the strong figure ends up being this very lonely cop uh on this like small island in which he endorses all of the small things that he uh, does and gives him the opportunity to have his like first sip of adulthood which is like a, a sip of alcohol at the table but like it's a mutual respect when a father does that with a son and not only that i think he serves a purpose in guiding uh, uh sam through this chaotic turbulent time as the the people around him are trying to develop him into whatever they want him to be because he doesn't have a father mm-hmm. and i i found that to be incredibly fascinating because in movies Yes, fathers try to fashion themselves or fashion their children after them sometimes. It's it's obvious and plain to see. I think of like something like Billy Elliot, where uh, the father in that movie wants to take his son and make him into like a financially uh, profitable person for their family and be in the coal mines with him and his brother instead of the dancer that he wants to be. And it's not he's not fostering that until the very end of that movie. And but in Moonrise Kingdom, it feels like there's obviously there's this this, this support like, yes, he wants him to be safe and doesn't endorse the relationship with the girl that he meets. Mm -hmm. But on the same token, he is at least open to the idea of hearing the kid out and treating him like an adult, because I think often uh, maybe maybe kids aren't as respected uh, by their parents because they they don't view them as intellectually equal, but they are. So is there some sort of undertone that I'm no, I no. Also, my dad, uh, my dad, I know I presented all poor relations. I am getting to the good ones. I swear to God, I I, <laughs> I swear because no. my dad treated me like like an equal. And I yeah. think more. And that's how you can recognize that. this stuff. Yeah. You know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Wes Anderson, he's sort of like he's got some daddy issues because there's a lot of like. Royal uh, Tannenbaums. Royal Tannenbaums. Uh, Life Aquatic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say even Grand Budapest Hotel has a surrogate father in that, you know? With Mist- the mm-hmm. concierge and, and his, his bellboy. Lobby boy. Yeah. His yeah. lobby boy, yeah. Keep your hands off my lobby boy. Um, and, and even then, in Asteroid City. Um, yeah. I just was going to say that looks very similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a lot more father issues in that movie, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, sort of, uh, 
there you know this the surrogate father um sort of i don't know if i'd call it a trope or you know um i don't know uh element that's shown off in a lot of films it really shows uh it sometimes it shows it, it gives characters a way of learning how uh to take care of themselves by taking care of someone else if that makes any sense you know Mm-hmm. Um, so we see sort of Bruce Willis in this film as, a, like you said, a very lonely cop who works just as a cop in this very tiny island. And once he starts being a surrogate father to this kid, um, he starts to have a bit more, um, uh, th- there's a bit more action to his character. He's sort of, you know, self-actualization, you know, that, mm-hmm. that occurs when he's put into a position of becoming a caretaker, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is also a very fascinating thing that I do think you see a lot in and outside the frame of the film, you know? Yeah. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I kind of, I did get that same thing from watching the film. And I think always in those situations, I wonder if the person who takes on the father role sees something in that child about himself, mm-hmm. um, that creates the kind of the connection and so there's it just i don't know it's a it's kind of like caring about that child maybe in a way that he wasn't cared for himself mm. so he he takes on the role to try to maybe change this kid's life in some way i think you do see that in a lot of film yeah. uh, a lot of times you see a lot of like guys that are used to being single and uh, they end up in in a fan, like with a girlfriend who has a child and there's a this dynamic of i don't know if i want to you know take this fatherly role on but a lot of times they do you know right and it and then it becomes like their learning situation so it's very interesting so or like the um the lone wolf and cub sort of trope you know you (laughs) see it right um yeah like, like even the Mandalorian, that's a good father son story. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. yeah <laughs> but that's not a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah, it's just sort of like, uh, learning, uh, yeah, they, they do it a lot with like, with characters who are like, I'm better off alone, you know? Mm-hmm. And they realize that sort of because we are social creatures, mm-hmm. we do sort of need like this responsibility o- over others to find satisfaction in life, you know? Maybe it'll soften their edges a little bit. Yeah. In a way that's unexpected. Yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> Sean, do you want to uh, share another film that you got? Yeah, so this one, it, okay, this is actually a series of films, but the relationship between the father and son in all of these is so important to me because it shows unconditional love no matter what and that is the american pie series (laughs) what (laughs) eugene levy eugene levy and jason biggs jason biggs (laughs) yeah and and the reason i bring that up is because you can have a father that's that really like comes down on you about doing stuff that you it's just stupid shit or you make mistakes all the time and you can have but eugene was such a a funny person to say basically 
it's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it just so, so happens that all of his like adult mistakes are on screen for us to enjoy. <laughs> you're <life>. right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just found uh, that one of the most endearing things about the, the films. I mean, they're fun films, right? Uh, but but as far as that relationship between those two, it is so funny. And just counteract that with the mom and how she reacts. It is totally hilarious. But but I, I just think that relationship and it and it actually in the in the what the last well when he's getting married, all of that, as he grows, that relationship changes mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, as he's becoming more of an adult. But I find I find that that relationship just was uh it kind of grew with, through the number of films. I just I from a perspective of just a nice uh, presentation i love that just what a father will be willing to put up with or willing to you know not bring his kid down uh, right. always being a positive experience that kind of thing i just i just love that it's almost so. like there's no judgment from yeah. eugene levy in that movie even when he like has sex with a pie or <laughs> glues his was it did he glue his hands to his pubes in the second one or third well, one well his his uh, you know his yeah <laughs> yeah his, mem- his member yeah <laughs> that and that that's so and it, there's an openness that like I think the these films get that I think a lot of sex comedies don't get mm-hmm. because yeah. often it's between the bros you know or the mm-hmm. girls but it's never between like a father and son you know it's not right. the focus of the film. Of right, course, right. No, but it's no. a it is a big element of all four films, actually. Well, well he always shows up. That's yeah. the, the other thing I think is important in that film is you, Eugene Levy always shows up, mm-hmm. takes him to the hospital, talks to the doctor, <laughs> tells him the situation. So the doctor prescribes some cream for him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just classic. I mean, uh well, so anyway, well, uh, I haven't seen a single one of these. I'm going to, I'm going to admit oh. here. So, you know, but I'm going to take both of your words for it, that it's good, good father, son movies. That's not something I would have expected by looking at, like by hearing the log lines of those movies, but yeah, yeah, right. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> well, now you have more reason to check it out. Ethan. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So my next film uh, I'm gonna be going with another Best Picture winner. Um, oh, of course, and I'm I'm just giving you all these, right? You're just you're just giving me all these. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna, like... yeah, whatever. Uh, actually, you didn't give me this one because I oh, watched really? it, I watched it on the plane on the way because back. Because I Japan. was gonna give it. I was you gonna were gonna give it, it to you. me, but then I saw that they had it on the plane, and you that like... was a big mistake. Uh, I my know. My next film is Ordinary People. Um, <sighs> so good. Which is, yeah that that was not a good movie to watch uh condense with a bunch of people around me because i was like i don't want to be weeping like a baby in front of all these people on the way back while they're trying to sleep you know uh <laughs> they're already incredibly jet lagged um but i went in and i went into this film not knowing like anything about it um and what i got was a film that's like about such such an important like subject matter uh, for me personally, which is just about, uh, you know, men and their ability to open up about what, the, how they're feeling, you know, mm. and they do it through 
a father and a son who equally struggle with that, you know, um, but for different, you know, but they do it in different ways, you know. So, you know, the film is about, um, uh, you know, a boy who's uh, his brother uh, passed away in a boating accident. Um, they're they're a rather wealthy family um, and sort of he later on, he attempts suicide and, you know, and the movie sort of him like coming back from the hospital and him sort of having to navigate life, his family you know, in the relationship between his mother, but also his father. And it's also about, you know, the parents and their, um, you know, their way of sort of like trying to get some normalcy back in their lives, you know? Um, and the reason why I would call this specifically a father and son movie, because while yes, there is, you know, I feel like there is an important relationship between the son and the mother in this film. Um, it, it's, it is really about, um, you know, the father and son, these two men, learning to uh open up to each other which is something that i feel like is very taboo in our culture you know about having uh dads and their sons really like open up about their feelings and stuff you know that's seen for some reason it's seen as a very like um feminine thing for you know uh for people to come together and talk about their feelings and stuff like that like for some reason, groups of men they don't do that you know um and it's just gone back to the signal we've been talking about throughout the episode where, you know, men are supposed to be the strong ones. They're not supposed to show emotion, you know, but this film directed amazingly by Robert Redford um, sort of shows that like, um, you know, the mother just wants to go back to normalcy, you know, and sort of it, it takes the father and the son. They, they have to realize that there is no going back after what they've experienced, you know, and. It's about them learning that they have to like recognize that things have changed, that they've changed, you know, and what are the best courses of action to uh, not really get back the lives they had, but now make lives better with what they have now. And uh, yeah, it was such an amazing movie, Uh, even though it's a father son movie. I think Mary Tyler Moore has like the best performance in it, I think. Just the, the scene at the end, you know, where I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but when everything sort of comes to a conclusion, just like her sort of having to grapple with that was just, it was heartbreaking, you know? Um, and just the, you know, the final shot between the father and the son, that's really what cemented it as a father-son movie for me, you know? Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like it, it's, it's a very um, before-its-time film. I feel, um, you know, cause I, I, I know there's a lot of these issues are being talked about now, you know, I feel like, I, th- I think even the Barbie movie has helped a lot, you know, with, you know, with Ken saying you are enough, you know, and having, you know, uh, I think men are sort of taking that message and being like, yeah, we need to like, you know, uh, we need to talk about them. Yeah. The, some, the smart men are who see that movie, you know? The dumb men like, are saying, the dumb men I, are like, is, they hate me. Women hate me. Women hate me. No, they love you. They want you to be fucking better. That's what this movie's about. Um, but, you know, so it's good to see that stuff sort of coming into the, um, the greater talking spaces. But back in 1980, when this film came out, I just, you know, just, just comparing it to past, past best picture winners, you know, it's very very ahead of its time you know well we have the perspective of somebody who was alive during that time so we can yes ask, what was it like so, to talk so to your dad what was it like 
Well, I mean, in this particular case, let me talk about the movie a little bit. Yeah. At that time, with suicide being a extremely un, un, misunderstood, I would say, thing, you know, you, you come from a the a religious background that says is you can't you you know that's just something you can't do right and yet it t it denies uh kind of the aspects of um the emotional strain that the person's under right so i think that um a lot of people didn't see it um hmm. didn't see the film i mean not like not your regular person i think it was because it was deep it was dark um but in the perspective of talking with your dad, you didn't. <laughs> you did. It, <laughs> yeah. it was very much of, uh, you know, you're seen, but, you know, don't don't try to put too much into the discussion, you know. Right. And, and there wasn't. Yeah, you didn't. You uh, all, all families are different, but I think the uh, there can be some emotional aspects where it's some good good emotional relationships but there are things that don't get talked about i mean they're just you know it and and there's a lot of let's just forget it ever happened right you know and 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 that just means that even if it's traumatic i think we have a much better understanding now of what trauma is and what it that it stays with people um <laughs> i think once it happens to you it it stays with you it's not like you just get to release it and it's gone yeah um that's become part of your life uh and if if it's part of your life at some point you will you will have to deal with that just to uh keep your own sanity because it it just surfaces things will surface from that period in, right. in your life and so um yeah when when people say i just wanted to go back to the way it was it, it an event changes your life yeah. forever no matter what it is and so um but everybody wants things to be going backwards to these what they perceive as better times safer times and it's like well that's not life yeah <laughs> we, and we also sort of like that is also sort of like them wanting like a, a status symbol you know especially in this film where it's like mary tyler moore she she wants to uphold a certain social status within the film, like because okay. she doesn't want like she doesn't want her husband talking about like her son's his troubles like at the dinner parties, you know, and stuff like oh, that. Of course, oh, that was yeah, that was a big thing, by the way. Um, during that time, uh, people didn't want the family stuff to ever be heard outside the family. Mm. You always kept that in the dark. Because it was seen as a negative, I think it was a, a status issue, weakness. Seeing weakness in a family, I think, was not something that people wanted other people to know. Yeah. Um, if you live in a small town, it's a it's a gossip mill. So, if things like that get out, then it you know can turn into a just a ridiculous kind of thing. So, but yeah, I grew up in that environment where it's like something happened in the family is like no you don't you don't speak about that and i think in the movie you kind of have that like split dichotomy between the the father viewing it that way or and not the father viewing it the, the opposite of that but the mother kind of wanting to move past it and trying to keep 
everything under wraps or keep everything normalized, right? Right. Whereas the father is trying to move on with the least amount of things happening as possible to damage his him his family further, you know. But unfortunately, the way it goes is uh, quite negative for both sides. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just tragic. It's, it's a heartbreaking film. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also but great. Just, it's heartbreaking, but also like kind of beautiful by the way by the lessons that it's teaching you know mm-hmm. um yeah but it's great um brandon mm. let's do another food what do you got Fum- i got frequency frequency have you heard of this one frequency. i i almost i almost brought that one up uh, yeah frequency. dennis quaid and uh jim caviezel <laughs> sound of freedom fellow no we're not talking about that um <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> I but, bring up its name all right what's this film about i don't know what's about what is it about uh, you know, it's a it is a butterfly effect time travel movie oh, um, time travel oh don't you know me i uh, do know you quite well I, actually i could i should have presented this like i was going to talk about about time but because that's Wait, also yeah. a good, that's also a great father-son movie uh but um I'm bringing up frequency because it's different from that. It's there is a father who is a firefighter and one day goes in to try to rescue two people uh, from a burning building because of an electricity fire and he doesn't get out alive and his young son and wife live as like widows, right? Mm-hmm. Or a widow and a orphan essentially. And in the, like 30 years later the young son has grown up he's an adult male he's struggling in his own relationship with his girlfriend and it's all because it all stems back to the trauma of him losing his father at such a young age and then one day he finds like an old ham radio in his like friend's garage or something and he wants to like fix it up and so he gets on it and he's like oh i'm going to like talk to some people like truck drivers on the road or something like that to try to connect to see like if it really is him and he ends up talking to this guy and they're talking about the 1969 world series where the mets the miracle mets won you know and Mets baby gotta love the mets and he realizes that it sounds like this person is like recalling these details as if it was yesterday and it ends up that he's talking to his dad in 1969 the the day before he dies and so he's like oh my god like what do i do because any any person who's seen a time travel movie knows i don't mess with time because time tends to either mess back or uh, you don't know the intended effect that will have because as a human being who only lives in like three dimensions four dimensions you can't really know the repercussions of your own actions and how that would affect the world around you yeah um and essentially he does tell his dad what's going to happen because they like and they reconnect like that. And the dad is able to get out of the event that kills him. And so there are two disparate timelines going on here with both Dennis Quaid and Jim Caviezel's character sort of conflicting because there's an emotional conflict going on because it's like, do you best let sleeping dogs lie and let your father pass away because that's what was meant to happen or do you 
try to prevent that because you never really had a good relationship with him in the first place because you didn't know him when you were a kid. Yeah. And it's really poignant in that way because it's asking a really great philosophical question about how how we react to t- trauma and how we could go back and change it. And, and it, if we could go back and change it, what, what kind of effect would that have? Right. And I love that. And I love that aspect of the film. And I'm not going to say where it goes because it's kind of it's kind of loopy and what it, what happens and but i think what it is saying is very compelling and beautiful and i uh it's also one of those movies from another like what 30 years ago where it isn't afraid to have these these very masculine men uh connect you know there is this natural bond they have and it's so hard to cuz it's not genetic you know it's not like Caviezel and Quater related or anything but it feels like it is it does feel like they are father and son and that they have a close dynamic even if they're only talking over the radio and so it makes that reconnection so much more heartwarming in the end so yeah that's wait so they talk they only talk to each other over the radio i won't say much more than that but okay i think you need to watch it keep your secrets then all right, <laughs> Sean. Not have you seen, you, you were gonna pick free. Is that you said you were gonna pick? You were gonna. It was on my. It's it? on my. It was on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was that unique kind of thing. You know, if you if you can, if you can talk to your father from the past or from the dead, you know, or from the dead, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's very interesting. It's like, it's kind of like. I don't know. It, it's kind of like, yeah, if, if you had that ability, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And um, so from that perspective, it was a very interesting way to see this relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that. So I can't even remember how it ended. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I just remember the concept and, and how interesting it was. So, Well, all right. Yeah, I got to check this out. Cool time travel yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, okay, Sean. Let's uh, let's get into our final picks here. What do you got? So, Brandon already said it. Um, about time <laughs> is my. Hey. Uh, okay. Hey. Here we go. Hey. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would have to say about time. That is a relationship that I wanted, Brandon and my relationship to be like. Mm. I wish we could do the time travel bit because that would be totally awesome right uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could read but, all the books uh, you want dad yeah it's very genuine it was a very genuine uh, relationship i really liked that yeah and it, and it just uh i mean his dad had the ability to replay stuff and do things and get him the way he wanted him to get them uh, unfortunately as parents we don't have that ability you know mm-hmm. um so you got you got one shot. So seeing that film, though, it just—I uh, just love the fact that 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 relationship was there. So mm-hmm. it does show that I think that you can have that kind of relationship where you can talk to each other about anything, pretty much. I mean, they talked about everything, uh, and uh, and you could be. A support for each other um, and just not be afraid to be that way right. and I think I think from that perspective it, it it may look like a more modern approach to 
relationship between between men you know mm-hmm. after you know there's the 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 boy and the man but then there's the man and the man mm-hmm. right you know as the son gets older so um i really appreciated where that went yeah so that relationship is very well written because it's like how how do you uh how do you write a parental figure who has the ability to fix all their mistakes and have the child have the ability to fix all of their mistakes, you know, it's, it's a, it's a whole new layer. I feel like of, um, of parenting that that film had to talk about, you know, Mm um, which, you know, you, you don't really think this film's going to be a father son film in the beginning. You just sort of, you see Bill Nye's character as like, Oh, He's the one who, you know, who, who he's the exposition the explainer guy, you know, he's like, you can, exp- now you can travel through time, you know, you can go back in time, go in the closet and that sends Donald Gleason, <laughs> you know, through all these, uh, you know, predicaments, but then, you know, towards the end of the film, when it comes to like, you know, uh, sort of, it, it takes a more existential turn, you know, mm-hmm. um, between a father and son being like, I like, it's, it's hard. It is hard to imagine you know, a world without your dad. And like, uh, because they've always been sort of that mentor figure, you know, that the one to lead you, uh, even when you have the ability to fix your own mistakes, they, they still have that status, you know? Um, and yeah, it made for a really touching and killer ending. Um, Mm -hmm. Brandon, I know this is one of your all time favorites too. Yeah. I mean, I worked at the library when I was a kid and this was like, I remember checking this out because we had no late fees or whatever. And I, I liked the poster. I liked Rachel McAdams at the time. (laughs) And, and, and I remember it was a sick day for me. And I remember watching this back to back with Goodwill hunting. Whoa. (laughs) And I was just, I was just balling that day. And I remember finishing the movie and going, my dad was working in his back office because like I, we mentioned like he was a stay at home dad and I hugged him and he's like, what is that for? (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i said oh i just wanted to you know i just wanted to hug you you know uh and this movie is really good and then i would go on to show everyone in my family this film uh uh, yeah when as i could and recommend it to everyone i see because it's it is it is sentimentality and fluffy and stuff like that but it's one of those things where it's like it's a movie that is a sneaky one because on the surface it is like a comedy light romantic comedy about a guy who's trying to find the girl of his dreams right Mm -hmm. but in the back half there is again a lot of philosophical argument uh arguments being made here about like how do you live your life how do you uh how do your relationships change over time um and especially the father-son one in the film because it's like like you said dad it's like uh, it, it goes from being a, a man to a, a boy like you know him, him conveying this information on his like 21st or 18th birthday and that's like his kind of a gateway into manhood it right. is a very interesting thing uh, because it, it is giving him agency as a human being to to make the changes and to fix it and it's very hard to write characters like that like you said Ethan but that makes it more interesting because it's in the difficulty and then the challenge that they're able to come up with something so creative. Right. And I think 
even in the first half, like the, the the father is very prevalent, you know, even when it is focused on Rachel McAdams and his, his relationship, you can see these small like shots, uh, cutaways to Bill Nye's character reacting to the fact that he knows his son has been time traveling in this moment and that this isn't the first time he's done this or right. that it's really important that she meet his family and his father. And it, and then in the end, it's like the relationship that like really ties the whole group together. You know, it's that mm-hmm. they're all happy when he's happy. They're all sad when he's sad or. Yeah. Yeah. But that there are so many scenes that speak to me. But that 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 ping pong scene in particular just really got to me when I was a kid. It just. Wow. Yeah. Hit yeah. me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> like a ton of bricks. I think mine, mine was actually, I think when they I think, well, wasn't that one they went back to where he and his son were on the beach? Yeah, yeah, when he was a kid oh, and they were skipping stones. And it's so simple. It's simple as that. Yeah. Uh, I remember our foreign exchange student uh, at the time, Akash. Yeah. I showed him this movie. Oh, boy. His what? critique, he got, because he was like, this is not better than Dead Poet Society. And I was like, oh, why? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> were, and were he you goes, comparing them? Like, why? What, no, no, we just watched the reference them. here. Oh, okay, it, you watched he, them. He, he, we watched them within a short period of time and it was like one of my favorites. I'm like, Oh, you would, I think you'd really like this movie if you like this one. And then he got mad because he, I said it was better. <laughs> and the reason he was like, it doesn't make sense. The time travel rules don't make sense. Like, why did he go back? How could they go back in time and not change a thing that far back? Because the whole point is like, they should, if they, they can't go back before a child is born because it could ruin everything. It could change the child completely. But I'm like, in that moment, I don't think they're like, oh, every sk- stone you skip has to be skipping the exact same you want to. But I didn't have a way of vocalizing that as a teenager. So I just was like, fine, doesn't matter. <laughs> Go into my room. Yeah. But I I just uh, think it's so good. Well, and I think really the ending in, in this, in, in in the whole context of the movie... I do believe it comes down to understanding that you have choices mm-hmm. and you make the choices that the best choices you can to give yourself the best life that you can. And I think that's really true when his dad told him, uh, when you, I want you to take the same day and repeat it different ways. You know, yeah. Cause he you, gives him guidance throughout he the gives movie. Him guidance. Yeah. Right. So if you repeat the same day in different ways, you get to see your impact and how you feel. And I think that was really important because that that's like, who gets that? Who gets to see that visual, right? Yeah. Of you're having a crappy day and you have these interactions and they're all bad, but you don't get to see if you had changed your thought process and entered that day differently, how that would change. So I think that was really good because that's kind of a, that's kind of a, you, you get the opportunity to react to any situation in the way uh, that could actually make your day better, even right. if it looks like it's going to be crappy, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's like Meryl, Instre- uh, Meryl Streep's uh, influence in Kramer versus Kramer. Like, even when Bill Nye's character isn't on screen, his impact is felt because he introduces the audience and by proxy tim you know right to these ideas and his impact that he that's why i'm like 
he's such a big character in the movie even if he's like not the focus because he's not the protagonist and i love Mm -hmm. that yeah so well yeah great i get i'm glad we talked about this one because i know i know this this is near and dear to your heart brandon you know this film this this motion picture all right motion um, picture Okay, so we're just over an hour here. Uh, I'll share one last film, and then we can go around and do some honorable mentions, and then we'll wrap it all up. Um, I feel like a great way to end this episode. You know, we started with a classic father-son. I think we got to end it with a classic father-son. Um, I think this is the ultimate father and son duo in cinema, even more than Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. And that is Henry Jones senior and henry jones jr from indiana jones and the last crusade um it absolutely incredible duo i think one of the best castings of a duo ever with sean connery and harrison ford um i recently re-watched this film it's it, it is my favorite indiana jones film um i rewatched it for the new one and it like there's just so much more you pick up on in this relationship between the two when you get older, you know, um, it's just it, it, it. There's so much intertextuality between Sean Connery, you know, being the father of Harrison Ford, you know, James Bond being the father of Indiana Jones, you know, <laughs> and just sort of like the way it talks about um, history and uh, preservation of history and sort of uh you know an older way versus a newer way you know where we see henry jones senior he's so he was so wrapped up in um in the quest for the holy grail you know it took over his entire life that he uh he wasn't able to be the dad that he should have been to you know to indiana jones and sort of the film sort of a reconciliation with that and both of them have to learn you know lessons of being able to like uh you know, not get caught up in their love for archaeology and work, you know, and it, it just comes to, um, you know, just a, just such a great scene at the end of the film, you know, where Indy's trying to reach for the Holy Grail, you know, and, uh, you know, and Henry Jones Sr. is just like, son, let it go. Let it go, son. Just don't, don't pick up the Grail and just come up off the cliff, you know? Uh <laughs> And, you know, it, and it's just great. You know, there, of course, there's another, uh, there's more elements that father, son in this, uh, this film, you know, them sleeping with the same woman, you know, uh, it's not really, it's not really <laughs> yeah. seen in, in many films, Eskimo you know, bros. yeah, <laughs> no tunnel brothers, <laughs> Never mind. I'm not bringing that part up, but yeah, I just, I, I feel like I had to talk about this because whenever I think of a father and a son in a film, I think of these two. Um, mm. What do you guys think? Last Crusade. It's yeah. it speaks for itself. I I mean, it works. It works for me. I did. <laughs> it added a lot of comedy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I like the pairing. I think it was really good. I think they worked really well together. Yeah. Uh, in that, and you could actually feel that you could believe that that was a believable. A very believable uh, father-son relationship to me. Yeah. Uh, so, and I'm a fan of Indiana Jones, so that's just a, you know. Besides, we know how you'll feel about the new one. So, <laughs> I, when that film I, came I out, Sean, was it like uh-huh. was it a big deal that Sean Connery was Indiana Jones's dad, or like what what was it like learning that? When do you remember? 
1989? Um, you know, it was it was very interesting because you know we're used to him as James Bond. Yeah, and I think I think the thing was is how's that going to work? You know, but it really yeah it came off well. I mean, seeing the seeing the caliber of actors together like that though, mm-hmm. it was a big deal. You know, yeah. Uh, anytime you had an opportunity to see Sean Connery play something besides James Bond, uh, it was actually interesting because he got to kind of break out of that, you know, out of that character. Right. So it was good. And him being older in this sense, you know, it was very interesting because, you know, James Bond, all action, you know? Yeah. And, and, and this, he's, he's more an academic. And so, right. yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Brandon? I haven't watched this movie in years, so I, I just remember the end where he's telling him to let it go. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a great scene because it's I feel like the whole movie I feel like they're almost struggling to connect because though they are similar in a lot of ways, I mean most fathers and sons, if especially if they're distant in that case, um, with, from when they were growing up to when they were adults, um, they might struggle with that. Uh, coming back together element because one feels abandoned by the other and they kind of touch on that in in the new one just not as well and i think that's the the lack of the magic done by um james mangold versus steven spielberg um but i that bickering is nice and fun but it's really that end when they really come to an understanding that's beautiful and everybody always agrees that the final shot is one of the best of spielberg's entire career so yeah absolutely it's just just communicates everything so poetically i i yeah they they basically like it's so some of the best scenes are when you're like wait these two guys even though they've been so strange they're so similar you know um one of my favorite scenes is when they're in the plain dog fight and you know uh you know uh, his dad's in the the gun seat and he shoots down his own plane he's like son i hate to say it they got us, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so good. Um, it, and it's just like, cause it, it's just, it's weird for me. Like I, I knew Sean Connery as Henry Jones senior before I knew him as James Bond. So now going back, I'm like, Oh wait, he's all young. But now I, but yeah, I bet like when everyone saw him in last crusade, like, Oh, whoa, he's all old now, you know? <laughs> And he's shot the tail off his plane. Yeah. He would have done that. Else. Bond. Yeah. Bond has a perfect day. What are you talking about? He would have done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's using his umbrella to take down a plane with seagulls. All right. Um, yeah. Just wonderful film. I think that's uh, a good way to end our discussion. But before we end the show, there's a lot of father son movies. I bet you guys have some honorable mentions. You want to shout out Brandon? You want to throw out some films? Uh, in the name of the father, uh, starring Daniel day Lewis. That's a good one. Uh, Field of Dreams, Hugo, F- Fences for a really intense father-son dynamic. Right. Elf, uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, uh, Hook, um, Avatar: The Way of Water. <laughs> That's uh, father's sons. There's lots of sons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness was up there for me. Oh, I bet Chris would have picked that if he was here. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm not. I'm gonna do this because Evelyn will kill me if I don't mention it. It's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant. Oh <laughs> yes, that's so good. Yeah, very good, timely pick. That is actually no. That is a great father son movie. Are you kidding me? 
Right. Great film. Um, my, I'm, I got, let's see, four. Uh, I was going to, I got a few intense ones. I was going to pick The Road oh, as one, just, you know, as the father, like, risking it all to, like, just protect his son, you know, uh, having to face the absolute worst. Um, I think Ad Astra is also a good father-son film. What? Um, that, that movie's all about like a you know a an older uh you know an old like an older man having to face like his father, you know, I who's, know. who's sort of lost his way. I think that's a good that's what that whole film's about, learning to like learning to be able to like you can't you know, there are like some dads who like are just too caught up in their old ways and you just like you have to let go of that, you know. I, I there's know. only so I, much fighting. And that's what the film's about. It, and I'm like, that's a great father son dynamic, you know. It was on my it was on my little list, my honorable mentions list, but I was like, it's so negative. It's the most negative movie. Well, I mean, we, we, we're we not saying this is like, this is these are just father and son movies. They could be bad. Like another one I, I mean, had was There Will Be Blood. That's another, <laughs> I wouldn't say that's the best father-son relationship. He's the father of the year, in my opinion. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had those ones. And then last one I'm going to talk about is a film that got a very limited release this year. Um called the eight mountains it's an italian film um brandon's already brandon hates the italians i can't believe it uh sean you never had any italian exchange students and we did uh, actually you did did. is that why you hate italians was that no 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 (laughs) okay we had one we had one but it was after i was it was after you started your hatred okay (laughs) Um, (laughs) but this is like it's about a film about just like you see this this man grow up um, from being a boy and hiking with his father uh, through these these giant mountains in the Alps in Italy, um, and sort of him not really appreciating uh, his dad's mentality of why he goes on these big daring like expeditions up these mountains, and sort of him relearning that sort of uh, when he gets older and his dad has passed away, sort of uh, relearning that sort of. Uh, energy towards viewing life and everything and he want and his goal is to like go on every hike that his dad never finished you know before he died um it's a beautiful film one of my favorites of this year very limited release i hope hopefully uh it gets some attention during award season when it talks about like best uh you know international film but anyways those are my honorable mentions uh sean do you have any you know because we there's so many yeah yeah i mean i and this is not just a father's son, but it's father's children, and that's Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, <laughs> I mean, a, a father who goes the full extent yeah. uh, to maintain connection with his children, that was that was really good. We're his I goddamn al- kids, too. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did have the pursuit of happiness, Brandon said. Uh, yeah. I There's one that I, I actually, from kind of a different perspective, is The Birdcage. Oh yes. yes! No, that is a it, great father-son film. Yes, that absolutely totally is totally amazing that these guys take every effort to change their lifestyle just for just their, for their the kid. Son. Yeah, <laughs> it's just and it's it's very classic. I love it. Yeah, that's uh, a great film. Great film. Uh, animated film Finding Nemo is yeah. the son search or the father search for the son motif and it's really good how helicopter parent (laughs) yeah Yeah, (laughs) so um 
yeah, those, those are those are ones. I mean, there's so many films that have that father son thing. I mean, yeah. the this simple like liar liar with Jim Carrey. Oh yes, and that's like <laughs> him having to learn to be there for his kid. You know, the hard way, having, where he can't lie way. anymore. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so there yeah there are just a ton. Lego but, movie. Yes, the Lego movie. I think that is so great. And Big I think that's that's going to be a fathers. movie that I'm really going to have to learn when I'm a dad cuz I'm going to be Will Ferrell in that movie. I'm going to be like I'm going to buy you Legos, but we're going to build it by the instructions, okay? And I'm going to glue this shit together. And I'm going to have to be I'm going to have to learn that lesson when I'm older. I know that for a fact. <laughs> uh Boyhood, come on, come on. Uh you know, I think Big Sick with the father-in-law sort of relationship he has with Ray Romano is very interesting. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, it's very interesting stuff. I mean, all quintessential, but unfortunately, we don't have time to talk about all of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's so sad. So let us know in the comments below, what are your favorite father and son films? Um, I would like to give a very special thank you to Sean Winchester for coming on the podcast. Yes. Thank you, uh, for, Thanks, for being the father of Stacked, uh, at least a third of it, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. This is this was great. Thanks. That's a great way to spend a birthday. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, Happy yeah. birthday was Happy good. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brandon, we're going to have to get your mom on now for mother and son movies. Just have – and then we'll get, uh, you know, we'll get Cassie on too for – uh, Why can't we get siblings? any of your siblings or parents, huh? Uh, your dad doesn't want to join us because they don't—they don't have microphones. <laughs> That's the. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, Chris's dad was on the show. Remember that when Chris called? Oh him? yeah, yeah. Uh, and he didn't know who uh, Batman was, or yeah. he didn't know who Bruce Wayne was, or something. I don't remember. Yeah. It's um, like, who was that? But yeah, parents will always be an integral integral figure to this podcast. We wouldn't be anywhere without our mothers and our fathers. Um, so that all wraps up for this episode of Stack. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, like I said, comment your favorite We're videos back. down below. We're back. Uh, yeah, we'll try to be. I mean, Chris comes back on Monday. I think. Oh, he comes back on Monday. So uh, we'll be getting back to our normal uploading programming. Um, so yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Brandon, would you sing hmm. me some some Cat Stevens to sign off the podcast, please? It's some time to make a change. <laughs> Just relax. Take, take it, it easy. easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm shut up. All right, cut. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>